Hello everyone and welcome back to It Is Well podcast. I'm your host Bontu and this is the show where I share my Christian experience, life lessons, health tips, prophecy, and so much more. If you're new here, welcome. Please subscribe so that you can be updated whenever I upload a new episode so that you do not miss. Today, we're continuing with our prophecy series with our brother Chiering Kubito. The title of today's episode is The Little Horn. The Little Horn. Do you know of the Little Horn in the Bible? Well, don't worry because we will discover together what the Little Horn is and what it's all about. Our key text of today comes from Amos chapter 3 verse 7 which says for the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants the prophets. Let's pray before we start. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything that you have provided for us. We pray that as we're going to study your word, that you may please reveal to us in your word what this little horn is and the message that you want us to learn from it. May your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. beloved i hope everybody's doing very well and i hope everybody has been having a wonderful week so now we are going to be um, studying bible prophecy and it will also be looking at the fulfillment of these prophecies in our world's history so as you remember last time we looked at the book of daniel and we tried to uh, connect the seventh chapter with the with both the second and the eighth chapter and we saw how all these things are kind of like harmonizes with each other so now today we're going to be looking at some uh, some other prophecies as you remember last time we saw the abyss represents um, a civil power in bible prophecy and we also saw that there was something that that was also introduced to us during that time it was which was a horn so we saw that a horn represented a power according to the book of daniel chapter 8 and we saw a, a ram and the goat and we saw that the the ram he had two horns which represented two civil powers which was uh the middle persian uh empire and we saw also saw that the the ram which came and uh, uh overthrew the the ram this god that overthrew the ram he had just one just one he had one um one horn which represented that he had like just like uh, uh one ruler but afterwards we saw that there were four horns that came out of it out of that so that meant that after the death of the of the king of the king of greece who who was represented by the goat which had just one horn there were generals who came out and uh, these four generals when they came out this is where you see those four horns so if somebody is just like listening to this for the first time i would encourage you to go back to uh to our podcast um it is well podcast by um, my sister bound so you can see 
uh, how everything we went over everything in a gradual process so because today we're going to move on but i'm going to be using some of the uh, some of the identifying marks that we used last time to see how the bible identifies the new things that it is going to be uh, revealing to us so let's start with the word of prayer uh, so let's humble ourselves dear father I want to thank you that you have revealed these things to babes the same things that you have uh, you have hidden from the wise I want to thank you that you have chosen to reveal these things to us by your Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit searches all things and nothing is hidden from you so I want to pray that uh, you show us how everything that the Bible had talked about uh, how it was uh, prophesied and it was also fulfilled in the world's history so may your Holy Spirit be our guide during this study in the name of Jesus Christ amen yeah so as we saw last time we just went over uh, the beasts and the soldiers like those other representation of the horns but today i'm just going to be focusing on one horn and this horn i'm going to also use another comparison to another beast that we see from the that we see in the book of uh, revelation so for me i'm just going to kind of be using a comparison so this segment of today i have uh, entitled it the little horn as the beast from the sea so i'm going to be connecting all these things together so let's see what the bible tells us in daniel chapter 7 because this is where we found this little horn so the bible says in the book of daniel chapter 20 i'm sorry the chapter the seventh chapter so here uh daniel was shown so many so many beasts in his vision but he was focusing on just like one beast and the horn which came uh, out of other horns which were uh, which were shown coming from the from from the from the power which was the beast so we saw we already saw four beasts last time and we saw that the first beast represented uh, uh, Babylon the second one represented Greek, uh, Middle Persia and the third one was Greece and the fourth one was Rome so now the Bible tells us in Daniel 7 chapter, I'm sorry, Daniel 7 verse 19. He said, then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast. This is Rome, which was different from all the others. So he's saying that this beast was different from all the others. So what's so significant about um, about this power that that is a little bit different from others? Uh if you try to kind of like connect the uh, uh, Daniel seven with, with Daniel eight, we will see that there is a difference between uh, this uh, this power, this civil power, with the other powers. Because uh, in the in in the book of uh, in the book of Daniel chapter eight, even though we saw that there were four horns which came out of one just one horn, there is another horn which comes out of it. And uh, the Bible says, um, let me see. Uh, mm, yeah, in, in Daniel 8 verse 9, it says, And out of one of them came a little horn which grew exceedingly great towards the south and towards the east and towards the glorious land. And he grew up to the host of heaven and he cast down some of the hosts and some of the, the stars to the ground and trampled them. 
he even exalted himself as high as the prince of the of this of the house and by him the daily sacrifices were taken away and uh, the place of his uh, sanctuary was cast down so we are going to be looking at these horns right here so you ask yourself like okay so why am i seeing uh that rome is the first beast and now you're saying that it is a horn there is a there is a way the bible identifies uh this this horn that that comes uh that, that comes out of the other horns right here you know there is a way the bible kind of like compares it to the other beasts but we're going to see that uh the, the the beast which the bible shows us in in the book of daniel chapter 7 that this beast uh there are 10 horns which comes uh, which comes out of it and then there is one horn which comes out of it so the bible when you look at daniel chapter 8 it kind of like uh gives um i was saying the identifying marks that the bible uses uh to identify this horn in daniel chapter 8 it's also similar to the other horn, also similar to the other horn, which is shown in the, in Daniel chapter 7. But there is some, uh, before I go there, because I don't want to confuse anybody, let's just first of all see what the Bible tells us about this beast and these horns that came out of it, right? Because we are going to see some similarity. And the reason why the Bible kind of like uh, used this one horn to identify two powers and there i'm talking about daniel chapter 8 right so here the bible tells us and the 10 okay uh yeah he wished to to know the truth about the fourth beast uh, uh which was exceedingly dreadful with its teeth of iron and its nails of bronze which it devoured uh and broke in pieces and trampled the residue with its feet and the 10 horns that were uh, on its head and the ten other horn oh and the other horn he's saying that there is another horn which came up uh before where three fell namely the horn which had eyes and the and the mouth which spoke pompous words whose appearance was greater than his fellow uh, than his fellows so here the bible is showing us that there was there was a beast which rose rose out of uh, a part of the sea and they also had ten horns. We already saw last time that uh, these uh, these ten horns they represented uh, the ten kingdoms that rose uh, they rose from Rome. Yeah. So who, if if there is somebody who don't remember uh, who who don't remember what these uh, these powers were, I would encourage you. I would advise you to go back uh, to listen to the. To the last segment that i made or let me see let me just see if i still have them here on my screen so i can kind of like uh go over them to let you know what these um these powers were yeah because we also saw that these powers they also re re represents the the powers that we see today in uh, in europe so the bible shows us that History ident identifies the the ten uh, the ten horns as the tribes of uh, Visigoths, the Franks, the Suvi, uh, the Alemanni, the Anglo-Saxons, the Lombard, the, Burg uh, the Burgundians, Heruli, Vandals, and the Ostrogoths. And uh, yeah, so here these are the, the these are the ten horns. So 
there, there is a way the Bible also kind of like uh, explains. Uh, I mean, there is a way history also explains it. You see that uh, if you take, for instance, like Franks, this this was France during that time. This was this, this is what this is. This was this was the name that it had. And you see, like Anglo-Saxons, this represented. Uh, this was uh, this was England. And there, there were some. Uh, I believe Burgundians were like Britain, something like that. So uh, yeah, I don't have the I, I don't have the uh, the that information here with me to show you uh, uh, like the like like the names of these uh, of these empires or let's say of these powers that were in Europe uh, like the names of them how we have them now you know because you use just like a comparison to see like Anglo-Saxons is England as we know it today you will see that Burgundy uh, the Burgundians are the is the Britain uh, nation as we know it today if you look Franks that's that's France as we know it today but I don't have the whole uh, all the information right here with me to show you uh, all these nations as we, as we know them today because the Bible shows us that there were three of them who were who were uh, who were plucked out in other words they were destroyed and this is what the Bible tells us uh, in verse 20 and the ten horns that were on its head and the other horn it's saying that there was a horn which came up before which three fell it's, it's showing us that when this horn which this when this horn came there were other three horns who were plucked which were plucked out or which were which fell in other words uh they were destroyed they were destroyed and uh, and this horn which had eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words whose appearance was greater than his fellows so we are going to use all these identifying marks to see who this little horn is who this horn is who came out all of these out of these uh 10 horns who also came out of rome and the bible also tells us that uh he was greater than his fellows but he was also different he was different and in 21 it says i was watching in the same horn he was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the ancient of days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. So here it's showing us that this horn or or this power, it war, it, it made war, it made war with the saints of God, and it prevailed against them, which it, which doesn't mean that God failed, but it is because they suffered for God's sake, you know, because they they suffered for the. For the for the faith which they held, and uh, and it shows us that this power is going to rule until uh, until the until the end time, right? So the Bible goes on to to interpret this vision for us, and it says the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth. So we already saw that the fourth beast, uh, it was the it was the kingdom of Rome. And then it says, which shall be different from all other kingdoms and shall divide the whole earth and trample it and break it in pieces. So the reason, this, there, there was something that was different uh, uh, that that this power had, which was different from the other powers that came before it. Like this power, which was Rome. Uh, other, you could see that, let's say for instance, like the, like the kingdom, uh, like the kingdom of Egypt, 
the kingdom of Babylon, the kingdom of Middle Persia, and Greece. You know, all these powers, you see that, uh, of course, they had enemies and they will war with their enemies just like any other nation or any other power will war against its enemies. But the difference here, the difference was that the difference that the the the, the pagan Roman Empire had uh, uh, with the, with the others is that it warred, it made war with with God's people, as you all know, as you all know, uh, the Roman Empire. Uh, it killed uh, it killed the disciples of Jesus. You know, yeah, you know, you see, for instance, like uh, you see you see Peter, you see the apostle Paul, and other disciples. They were all they were all persecuted for their for their faith, and we all, we all know that even according to history that. Uh, the apostle Paul was killed during the time of the of the Rom of the Roman Emperor Nero. Yeah, so that was the difference. You could see that in other kingdoms, God's people they could be even like gov governors. You could see like Joseph, he was uh, he was a leader during the reign of the of the of Pharaoh, uh, and you could see that even Daniel himself, there was a time where he ruled with his fellow uh, with his Pharaoh. Uh, uh, he, uh, with his fellow uh, fellow Hebrews, you can see that in Middle Persia, Daniel himself he was also also had another position in the kingdom of Greece. Uh, I don't have like many information concerning it, but during the, that time, the the, the, the the kingdom of Greece all, all they cared about it was just to have power over everybody, but they didn't really persecute God's people. And the Bible shows us that this is what he did. Like he, sh he shall devour the whole earth and trample it and break it in pieces. And then that's where you also use it uh, to see what the what the horn in Daniel chapter eight did. Because this this horn, which which is in Daniel chapter eight, uh, it has identifying marks which are also uh, similar to the ones that we see. Uh, both both of the little horn that we see which came uh which which uh which which uh which destroyed uh, the the 10 kings or the 10 kingdoms but it rose from which nation from the nation from from the empire from the empire of uh, of rome so that that's how i wanted to kind of like connect the dots but we want to use all these identifying marks to see who this is we already saw who the beast was and we saw that that was rome and we saw that all these all these 10 horns that we saw they came from rome and the horn which which is remaining which is going to rule the whole world is going to also come from rome so here the Bible tells us in twenty in verse twenty four, chapter seven of the book of Daniel, the ten horns are the king are the ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom, which is Rome, you know, and then it says, and then another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the first ones. So what is the difference between this uh, this horn which came uh, from uh, which came after these ten horns? We're gonna see it. And then he shall subdue three kings. So that means three kingdoms are going to be destroyed during his reign. And he shall speak pompous words against the Most High. So in other words, this is blasphemies. And he shall persecute the saints of the Most High. He shall kill God's people. And he shall intend to change times and laws. 
So this means that these kingdoms or this horn which comes uh, from the kingdom of Rome, they will tend, they will, they will try to change the laws of God, you know, the precepts and the principles uh, of the Bible, and the sense shall be given into his hand for a time and times and half a time. So here the Bible shows us that there is a timeline that was given. There was a time frame that was given to this power to rule and persecute God's people. And then there was uh, where it started and where when it was when it started and when it was supposed to end. And then the Bible tells us that in the end the court shall be seated and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. So this means that this kingdom is an enemy of God. Or in other words, is uh, in other words, is the Antichrist because the Bible shows us that is against God's people. It's against God's people. It's like its focus is on God's people. Its focus in is on the principles of God. If you just see, uh, if you just see the other kingdoms, if you just see other kingdoms, they could try to maybe subdue every kingdom, but this one. It's the enemy of God because it, it doesn't just it doesn't just subdue God's people, but it also tries to exalt itself, you know, above God Himself, and to also try to change the principles of the Bible. So this is an antichrist system. So we are going to see who fulfill all these identifying marks. So just bear with me. So here, as we as we just saw. As we just saw, the, the fourth beast is pagan Rome, and it rose in 168 BC up to 476. So that means that the power which is going, the power that we are going to be looking at here, is, is going to rise after 476 AD. And then, um, this is what the Bible shows us. This is what the Bible shows us. And uh, we're going to also see, uh, by the way, I was, uh, I was referring to that according to the, uh, to the historical facts that we see, you know. So the 10 kings that the Bible shows us here, uh, we already, I already went over them to show you who these 10 kings were. But there were other three kings that were plucked out, right? There were other three kings that were plucked out. So I have already identified the time when the... The kingdom of uh, the king, the kingdom of the empire of Rome was going to, was going to be, what um, was going to be, uh, I will say, given to this horn because the Bible shows us that the kingdom of Rome it had like ten kings and one and that three of these kings uh, they were destroyed and there was one horn which came out of it and it ruled all of them. It had dominion, but dominion over all of them. So the Bible, uh, uh, the the Bible showed us that there were three horns, or three kings that were they, they, who who were overthrown, and history tells us tells us that uh, there were three Germanic tribes, uh, and and these Germanic tribes you already saw them uh, among the ten horns, and they were destroyed. In uh, one which was destroyed, it was the it was the tribe of the Heveli, which was uh, destroyed in four hundred ninety. 93 and the other one was the vandals which was destroyed in 434 AD and the and uh, the third one was the astrogards the astrogards who were destroyed when in 400 
500 if you, I'm sorry for 538 AD so that means that since we see that these three horns were were destroyed during this time and we see that the the the, the last horn or the the last king kingdom that was destroyed during this time it was in 538 AD and we see that the horn which rises up during that time is going to rule and it's the one which is behind the fall of all these um this kingdom which fell so now i think it is going to make sense because as we all know there is something that there is something that history tells us that there was a power which rose during this time and the bible also tells us that it is different from other horns because what makes it different is that it is it is not just a civil power but it is also what it is also uh, it's not just a political power but it is also a religious power so that's something that we also have to understand and the bible uh, and the history tells us that uh, the emperor the emperor justinian he gave his power to the to the to the to the roman pontiff or the the bishop and during that time the bishop of rome he was going to be the leader of the of the whole world he was going to be the leader of every uh every religious uh party or any religious institution but not just that he was going to even have dominion over every civil power so during that time there was a there was a system that came out of it and that was called the uh, the roman catholic church system the roman papacy you know so that's when he came and we're going to see how the papacy fulfills all these identifying marks that the bible shows us here so as we saw the the three horns that were plucked out we already saw them according to history the papacy destroyed uh destroyed these three kings uh by the help of the emperor justinian so there is something else that the bible had shown us after these other three kings that fell the bible shows us that after he subdued three kings he shall speak pompous words against the most high so this is like blasphemy so we are going to see uh the blasphemous the blasphemous words of this uh of this power first of all what is blasphemy the bible shows us that blasphemy it is when a man calls himself god or try to kind of like uh put himself in the position of god you know the bible shows us that before christ returns there will there is going to be a man who's going to exalt himself above everyone who is worshipped like every 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 god you know every or all that is worshipped and then he will sit in the temple of god showing himself to be god he he would try to uh he would try to kind of like take the position of god and also exalt himself about god himself right and the bible also shows us that uh jesus when he said that he would, he could he had the power to forgive sin people say that he was trying to make himself equal with god even when he said that he 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 that, that he even when he said that he was he was a one with the father that him he and his father they were uh they were one the pharisees they they were they were, they were going to stone him because he was they, they were like you were trying to make yourself equal with god so all those are the identifying marks of blasphemy so we already know that according to according to the the roman catholic uh church's system 
that they claim that they can forgive uh, sins because people go to the priest to for for their for for confession and all those kind of things but it doesn't just stop there the bible shows us that this power it has eyes it has eyes like of a man and that's found in um in uh let me see um that's in um Okay, let me go back to see where it 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 says it, and uh, yeah, it says it in Daniel seven. In Daniel seven verse twenty, it says uh, it says that he had eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words. So, uh, if you use the King James version, it says like he had eyes like a, like of a man. So. According to the Roman Catholic Church's system, they have what what it's called the Holy See. So the Holy See, I would say, is just like the. Uh, I don't know how to put it, but uh, for those who know it, the Holy See, I would say, is like the. It's like the it's like the filter they use to for everything, to examine everything, to say like this is what this is what must be done, you know. Because let's say, for instance, like us as Christians, we have the Bible, and everything, uh, everything must be, uh, must be, must be uh, like uh, calculated. Everything must be judged according to the Bible. So the Roman Catholic Church has the what we what it, what it, what it's called the Holy See. So that's what they use. That's what they use to kind of like uh, examine everything to make sure that it is uh, in accordance with their standards and principles and all those kind of things. And the, when the Bible says that his mouth spoke pompous words, I'm going to share you some of the uh, some of the articles here where you see the Pope speaking blasphemy. So here, this was taken from Evangelical Christendom, and this is what it says: the Pope is not simply the representative of Jesus Christ. On the contrary, he is Jesus Christ himself under the veil of the flesh, and and uh, who, by means of a being common to humanity, continues his ministry among his men and it's and they ask like does the pope speak it is jesus christ who is speaking does he teach it is jesus christ who teaches does he confess grace or pronounce anathema it is jesus christ himself who pronounces uh, who is pronouncing the anathema and conferring the grace so they go on to say they go on to say hence consequently when one speaks of the pope it is not necessary to examine but to obey there must be no limiting the bounds of the command in order to suit the purpose of the individual whose obedience is demanded there must be no cavil no no, uh, no caviling at the declared will of the pope and so invest it with the quite another than uh, that which he has put upon it no preconceived opinions must be brought to bear upon it no rights must be set up against the rights of the holy father to call to teach and command his decision and are and they are not to be uh, criticized or his ordinances disputed. Therefore, by divine ordination, oh, no matter how august the person may be, whether he wear a crown or be invested with the with the with the purple or be clothed in the sacred vestment, all must be subject to him who has had all things put under him. So this is this is blasphemy. This is blasphemy, God. This is like blasphemy. He's he's calling himself to be equal with god he's claiming himself to be equal with god you know and there is another one which uh which is uh taken from 
uh, New York Catechism, and it says the Pope takes the place of Jesus Christ on earth by divine right. The Pope has supreme and full power in faith, in morals over each and every pastor and his flock. He is the true vicar and the head of the entire church, the father and teacher of all Christians. He is the infallible ruler, the founder of dogmas, the author and the, and the judge of councils, the universal ruler of truth, the arbiter of the world, the supreme judge of heaven and earth, the judge of all being judged by no one, God himself on earth. I mean, I think these are just like I did a few. I mean, these are just like few identifying marks, but I have like plenty of them over here on my screen. You know, you will never exalt them. You, I'm sorry, you will never exhaust them. But this is just like one thing that shows that the Bible is truly talking talking about the Roman Catholic Church here, because it has a uh, it has its civil authority and office in the. In the Vatican, and that's where every decision is made, and everybody knows that every man, everybody bows down to the Pope. Whenever the Pope talks, everybody bows bows down. Nobody, nobody argues with them. Uh, for those who watch like uh, like the news, you can see that the Pope today he's he is um, he, he is commanding all the rulers of the world to come. Uh, to come to one conclusion, to have one accord, so they can all uh, serve his agenda and all those kind of things. Every all these rulers that you see, they they also they all serve the Pope. And uh, I'm not saying this to kind of like uh, bash anybody or anything. I'm just using the Bible to show you uh, what the Bible had prophesied. That this is truly what the Bible is talking about. These are not my own words. So when 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 they when the Bible tells us that uh, he shall intend to change times and law, this is where we see in the Ten Commandments that these Ten Commandments, they have been changed because you have so many people arguing that the commandments, they have been done away with, or other people, they say that the, the Fourth Commandment has been, has been crucified on the cross and that we don't have to keep the sabbath anymore but you see that people still go to worship on sunday then you ask them like because some people they still say like oh sunday is my sabbath or any day can be your sabbath but god had given us one day of worship which was the seven day sabbath which is a uh, saturday but guess who was behind where well, guess who was behind all those kind kinds of uh, false doctrines that people came up with to say that to give them as an excuse why they don't keep the seven-day Sabbath, the uh, the Roman Catholic Church was behind it because they were the ones who changed the Sabbath, and uh, uh, this happened during the reign of the of the Roman Emperor. I believe uh, it was during the reign of the Emperor uh, Constantine, where people started. Uh, they started resting on the first day of the week, which was the venerable day of the sun. That's where that was the day on which the 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 the, Rom, the pagan Roman Empire had ordained that people were to worship on because they worship the sun, you know. And you can still see that uh, even in the if you see in the Vatican, they have so many symbols of the sun. You see, they even have like Jesus uh, with the sun. Uh, behind his head and all those kind of things they have so many signs of the sun you know so many sundial those kind of things so everything is con is connected to sun worship that's why you see people worshiping on sunday even though they don't know what's really behind it so i want to uh i want you to hear from their own words what they say 
uh, question, what is the Sabbath day? Uh, by the way, let me first of all tell you where this, uh, where, where I got this from. Uh, this is a, uh, this was taken, uh, this was taken from, uh, let me see. Okay, this was uh, a Reverend Peter uh, German. He, this is what he says in the Converse Catechism of the Catholic Doctrine, uh, page 50. So this is what he says. Question, which is the Sabbath day? Answer, Saturday is the Sabbath day. Question, why do we observe Sunday instead of, this, of Saturday? Answer, we observe Sunday instead of Saturday because the Catholic Church transferred the solemnity from Saturday to Sunday. And then he goes on to say, listen to what priest Brady said in at an address and reported in the Elizabeth uh, News on March 18, 1903. It is well to remind the uh, Presbyterians, Baptists, Methodists, and all other Christians that the Bible does not support them anywhere in their observance of Sunday. Sunday is an institution of the Roman Catholic Church, and those who observe the day observe a commandment of the Catholic Church, the words just uh, so th those were just like uh, you remember the words that Jesus spoke in the book of Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter fifteen, verse um, in in verse nine. There were words that Jesus said, and those were words that we need to always consider. Everybody must consider those words. Let me just read them for you, so you can. Uh, see what jesus himself said because some people they say that jesus was the one who changed the sabbath uh from the from the seventh day to the first day because like they say they all oh, because jesus rose on the first day of the week so that's why we keep the sabbath and that uh, to us that's the lord's day but what i would tell you guys is that the name lord's day it was used in the roman uh in the roman empire uh, as they as the alert because who was the alert Mithra who was the sun god so they called he was the alert so when the bishop uh, said that they were going to uh, to start worshiping on the Lord's day guess who was the alert even though some people they they don't want to they don't want to acknowledge it they don't want to take it seriously you know but they just want to keep uh, following the traditions of the church and Jesus says in Matthew 15, 9, like in vain, they worship me teaching as doctrines, the commandments of men. So people are keeping just the commandments of the Roman Catholic Church. But God has given us uh, his commandments. And he said that uh, we, 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 to show that we really love him, we must keep his commandments because they are not grievous. And uh, this is what it says. Uh, Albert Smith, the the Chancellor of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, replying for the Cardinal in a letter dated February 10, 1920. He said, If Protestants will follow the Bible, they will worship God on the seven-day Sabbath. In keeping the Sunday, they are following a law of the Catholic Church. So, I think this is enough. These are enough identifying marks to show that the Bible here is talking about the Roman Catholic Church. And then there is another thing that the Bible shows us um uh, that the bible shows us yeah that's like the persecution that took place uh during the during the dark ages and everybody know that the catholic church was behind uh the martyrdom of so many christians during the dark ages but the bible gives us like a time frame 
and that's 120 uh, that's 1260 years but there is a way the bible puts it and uh, i wanted to kind of like give you uh, insights to how this calculation is done because it says like for a time and times and half a time the sense will be given into his hands this was the time of persecution that God's people went through so if you look in the in the book of uh, Daniel in Daniel chapter 4 is it chapter 4 no let me see let me see Yeah, it's in Daniel chapter 4, and you see in verse 16, you see that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, he had a dream of a tree, and this tree was cut uh, was cut down, and uh, he had like uh, a scary dream about this tree, and Daniel told him that he, this tree that he saw in the vision, it was himself, and the, and God has said like, let, this, let his heart be changed from that of a man, let him be given the heart of a beast and let seven times pass over him. So this was, this was kind of like God punishing King, King Nebuchadnezzar because he, he didn't want to acknowledge this supreme, the supremacy of God. And this was kind of like punishment for him. So he, 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 he started eating grass with the beasts of the field. Uh, and this too, and uh, this was for seven years, and uh, to kind of like uh, make it easier for you guys, for those who want to search it out, look for the word time in Aramaic. It has two definitions. One is just like a duration, and the second one is a year. So that means that the Bible is talking about uh, a year when it says times and half a times and times and all those kind of things in in the book of Daniel chapter seven. So let's just do the calculations here. It says for a time in times and half a time. So that means one time, that's one year. And then half a time, that's half a year. I'm sorry. One time is one year. And then times, that, that's two years. And then half a time, that's, that's a half of a year. So that means that this will be three, this will be three, uh, three, three years and a half. But this will not be this will not be uh, like the persecution that God's people went through so that's why we have to also use the uh we have to use the the, the our calculation so i hope somebody out there has their their calculator with them so they can help me with this so we can do this calculation to see how these thing these things adds up so in in bible prophecy in bible prophecy a year a day equals a year and you can find these things uh in ezekiel there's so many places you can find in the bible where the bible uh shows us that uh a year uh it's referred to as a a day it's referred to as a year in but in just bible prophecy and you can find that uh in so many places in the bible uh let me see let me just see if i have it here uh where the Bible shows us, like, I have appointed you each day for a year, uh, which is found in Ezekiel. Mm, yeah, in Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 6. Yeah, I hope everybody's going with me there. In Ezekiel chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 6. Hmm... 
So in Ezekiel chapter 4 verse 6 it says, For I have laid on you the years of their iniquity according to the number of the days, 390 days, so you shall bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. And when you have completed them, lie again on your right side, and then you shall bear the iniquity of the house of Judah. 40 days i have laid on you a day for each year so whenever you see the bible uh, showing us in prophecy here it's, it's showing us that this uh, refers to a year whenever you see like every prophetic day it equals a year so 100 260 days this was a time that uh when you just like take a literal these are literal years and this was a time that God's people went through the persecution. And the Roman Catholic Church started persecuting God's people. Or its reign started in 538. And then if you take the if you take the 100, uh, the 100, the 100, uh, two, the 1260 uh, years. And then you add it to 500, 308. Where, where does it take you? It takes you to 1,798. 1, so that was the time when uh, the persecution of God's people ceased. Yeah, so even according to, to history, all these things can be confirmed. So uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to stop here for the sake of time. And next time we are going to kind of like uh, extend on this subject of these years and so on. And we are going to see that this time when God's people, God's, the persecution of God's people ceased, this was a time that uh, the papacy also lost its power because its civil power was taken away from it. And then when he lost it, he couldn't rule or maybe uh, command anybody anymore. So that was the time when the, uh, the Pope, who was ruling that time, he was taken captive and he died as an egg in exile so we will look at that and we try to connect the book of daniel and revelation to see how all these things harmonizes with each other so i hope everybody has enjoyed and uh we'll just like uh go over more points next time yeah so may god keep enlightening you may he keep working on your heart may he keep striving with you and uh, i hope to see you next time by god's grace god bless Well, that's the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can send them to Thierry at Terinkubito on Facebook or Instagram. You can also send them to me if you wish at Bontubibzi on Facebook and Instagram. Please like and share this episode. You can share it with your friends and family members. I pray that God will richly bless you. And as we always say, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalms 27 verse 14. Make sure to be back next week for the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.